0: Hello and welcome to the potential state. My name is Dr. Estelle Romanelli and I'm coming to you from Berlin, where I'm taking part in the first ever symposium on improv and therapy that's happening in Germany. And being here in Germany for a couple of days and not understanding anything not the language, not the culture, not the references, not the people, not the places, not the streets um, really gave me kind of clarity about this concept of I don't know, of not knowing. And also, I'm inspired by this book that I'm reading right now, Language and the Pursuit of Happiness by Chalmers Brothers. And he talks there about the power of I don't know and I don't know of not knowing as a friend of learning, as the first, the best and first friend of learning. And I want to expand that idea and give you a few more thoughts that I have about the power of I don't know. So I never was really ashamed of saying, I don't know, of admitting that I don't know something. I guess, I think I got that from my mom, who was a lifelong learner. And at age 50, after completing two and a half degrees, went back to school to do an undergrad in social work. And I remember I was, I think, 16, 17 at the time. She was 50 years old and she was studying with women that were half her age. And she had no problems with that. There were no ego problems. She never tried to pretend as if she knew all the information she really learned. And I think she was modeling, to me at least, that there is no shame in not knowing, and that lifelong learning is a value. So, I don't know, first thing it does, it is. It is a tool to learn. It is a friend of learning. But I want to give it another spin. I think saying I don't know is an equalizer of relationships. It equalizes the power dynamic. It equalizes... Um, someone being too cocky or too judgmental the second I say I don't know what I'm basically telling the other person is I'm with you I'm just like you right now I don't know and actually what that invites is collaboration invites intimacy it makes the other person it distributes responsibility it makes the other person feel meaningful because maybe they do know and if we don't if he he or she don't know either so you can think about it together actually what I'm doing I'm increasing collaboration and I don't know and I think that not only in collaboration and responsibility, but it also builds intimacy. Because intimacy, right, is showing vulnerability, showing something that I don't know. It's allowing someone to see into, into me, right? Into me see. We spoke about this already. So actually, by saying I don't know, I'm inviting that person closer, closer to me. And I think over time, it it allows you to adopt a beginner's mind, or in Hebrew we say the beginner's humility. And a beginner's mind is basically the recipe for lifelong learning. It's a, re- it's a recipe for being curious and wonder and awe and to ask people and to search around the world and see new things. You can only do that when you have a beginner's mind. Because if you know everything, like he says in the book, success is a learning disability, right? Because if I know everything, if I've peaked, then I, have a dis- I don't want to learn because I know it. And I think at the long, in the long, long term, if I practice not knowing, if I practice admitting to myself and then to others, what I'm actually gaining is a confidence. Because paradoxically, by saying that, because nobody knows everything, right? We know that nobody knows everything. I know that I don't know anything. The second I can admit it to myself and to others, I'm actually creating a solid sense of self. I'm actually being solid, and I'm saying, I don't care if people think that I don't know things. I know that I don't know, and I'm fine with that. And if I'm telling this to you, that means I'm pretty confident in my not knowing. Because only someone who's confident can say, I don't know, right? Because if I'm too scared, if usually people are too scared, they just don't admit it. They pretend like they do, or they avoid the question. Now I want to give a few examples, which I think shed shed light on these points. So I'm going to start with my undergrad, I studied behavioral sciences and we had the intro to psychology 101, 300 students, a huge hall. And the professor would keep talking about things from previous weeks or from previous articles that none of us read or some of us read. And I remember he would say a concept and no one raised their hand. And I had no idea what he was talking about. So I'd raise my hand from the back row and I'd ask, can you remind us what projective identification is? Or can you remind us what this concept was or who, who that theoretician was? And I remember everyone would be like, whoa. And then he would answer me. And after class, people would say, oh, my God, you're so brave. You're so brave. And I was thinking, it's not that I'm brave. It's just like, it's a waste of my time and money. Why am I paying all this money and spending time in this class if I don't know what he's talking about? It was so clear to me that I need to ask. I didn't even think about it. And I didn't even mind saying, I don't know, because it was a learning context. And I'm thinking about the other 150 people who didn't know what projective identification was and they didn't ask why. And more with the price they're paying for not asking about the things they don't know, for not admitting that they don't know in a learning context of all places. The other example that happens to me from time to time is in the clinic. So I'm working with an individual or a couple or a family and I don't really know where to go. There's a few different ways, depends on which paradigm I'm thinking about. And a lot of times I get stuck there and what I've learned through the years, I'm just gonna tell the family, I'm gonna say, listen. We can go this way and we can go this way. These are two the thoughts. I don't know which one to think, which one to choose. What do you think we should do? And whether I ask what we should do or if I just admit that I don't know, I feel it opens up the space. Once again, it's a relationship equalizer. They take, collab- they take responsibility. They take ownership over this therapy. It increases the collaborative moment, the co-created collaboration, synergistic collaboration. And once again, it shows them that I'm authentic, that I'm human. Carl Whitaker talks about the therapist must fight to be authentic because if he or she is authentic, then he's forcing her or his client to be authentic. So if we want our friends, colleagues, children, partners to be authentic, we need to be authentic. And part of our authenticity is owning up that we don't know everything. Owning our shit in this context means not knowing what we're talking about or not knowing anything about this topic. When I facilitate workshops many times, there'll be the Q&A section. The Q&A section for every lecturer or facilitator, or at least for me, is anxiety provoking, right? What if I don't know the answers? And there's so many smart people that come to my workshop. What if I don't know? And very often I've found that when people start challenging me with these questions, either they're very sophisticated or they, I honestly don't know. I love saying, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think the answers to that question is? And the second I say that, I feel it liberates me from getting into this facade that I know everything and then either I'll start bullshitting or pretending our answers or going one up and like like forcing them to understand that I am the expert and they're not. I can just say, I don't know. What do you think? And it's like this big balloon that I'm letting out all the air. I'm back to being myself. I'm back to being authentic. And I can say, I don't know. What do you think in front of a hundred people that I just lectured to? I don't think it diminishes my expertise. I think that increases my humanity. And I think what we're missing is more humanity and less ego or expertise that other people will think about me. That's a reflected sense of self, which we'll talk about in a different episode. And another thing when I facilitate a lot of times, and I don't know where to go. I don't know exactly what to do. So a lot of times, just by saying that, I feel like that it's like, when you're facilitating or when you're talking to someone and it's, I don't know, it's like a zit in your mind. It's clogging up your intellectual thinking because all you can think about is, I don't know, oh my God, I should be knowing, I should be knowing. This is so embarrassing. So it's like this zit that's building up in your mind. The second you can say, I don't know, it's like you're popping that zit and suddenly the intuitive thinking can op- can open up, can awaken and suddenly your mind can do what it naturally does is find solutions to problems. But in order to do that, I need to to dare to pop that zit of I don't know, let it out, confess, and then my mind can start going in circles about trying to repress that I don't know or analyze that I don't know or to judge me for I don't know and just let it out. I don't know. Give me a few seconds and sometimes I'll stand up. I'll just walk around a little bit and I'll say I need a few minutes to collect my thoughts. And two more examples. One is a parent. Obviously, thousands of times when kids, I don't know whether they ask me something about space or science, which are the easy ones. But when they ask me about life and death and is there a heaven, is there a God? So sometimes I just say, I don't know. What do you think? And once again, it's the relationship equalizer. I don't think I'm giving them less security by not knowing. I think what I'm modeling to them is lifelong learning. I don't know. What do you think? I'm actually empowering. I'm saying you have an interesting opinion. What do you think about this? I want to give one more example from from you know from these workshops in Germany. So I finished these workshops, and all these Germans are coming up and saying, "Do you know this kind of therapy? Do you have you read this book?" And in the beginning, I was I didn't know how to react, and I said, "No, I don't. Tell me more about that." And what was really interesting is, first of all, I learned a lot, and I got references for new books and new paradigms and therapy which is always interesting but I really felt I was giving them as a chance to give back they felt I gave them something meaningful and they wanted to give me something of theirs and I think at the end of the day that's what they wanted they wanted to feel meaningful and seen and they can touch me like I touch them and I think that is such a good um, side benefit of not knowing is making f- people feel good about themselves And now I'm going to give a few tips on how to not know better in your life in order to grow. So the first thing is choose to believe that not knowing is a sign of vitality and growth. Not knowing is your credit card to lifelong learning. If you're willing to embrace the fact that you don't know anything and you don't know everything, you might know something, but you don't know everything, then that's guaranteeing you a quick access to beginner's mind, to curiosity, to awe, to wonder, Choose to believe that. And once you choose to believe that, start owning up in relationships that matter to you that you don't know. Whether it's a small you know, historical fact or something about the dynamics or something about your work or something about yourself. And once you confess that, hold on to yourself and breathe. If you feel like you're losing ego or losing status, that's fine. Just remind yourself. I'm stepping into beginner's mind, I'm fighting for my authenticity, I'm connected to who I am, I'm trying not to be someone I'm not. And just notice, see how that changes. First of all, how does that release you from like self-doubt and intellectual thinking and, and being very hard on yourself? See that liberates you to a more calm, connected, here and now state of mind. Notice how that changes the relationship. Notice if the people around you or the other or the group or in whatever context you're doing it, does that make people more comfortable? Initially, they're going to feel less comfortable if they're used to you being the all-knowing. Because I'm reminding you, if you know everything, you're going to be attracted to your life people that know nothing. Or people that know everything and are challenging you. So you're actually, by saying, I don't know, you're preventing power struggles on one hand and uh, dependent leachers on the other balancing out, you're equalizing the relationships. I want to finish with a quote from this book, and he says, We build stronger and more authentic relationships at work and in our personal lives out of our ability to genuinely acknowledge areas of current not knowing. We also make it much more likely that we'll actually learn. As a side benefit, it's also a heck of a lot more peaceful this way. So my wish to you coming from Berlin is a more peaceful not knowing and a more vital discovery of the answers to that not knowing. My name is Dr. Acel Romanelli, and this was The Potential State. I'll see you next time.